This is the MG Car Club Podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this episode of the MG Car Club Podcast, we find out all you need to know about trying out track days for the first time, and we explore how the NEC Classic Motor Show plans to cope with social distancing. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club podcast. Hope you're keeping well, looking after yourselves, enjoying what we have of the summer here. Uh, Wayne Scott with you and also Adam Sloman in his utility room as normal. Back amongst the laundry for another week, mate. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. I've uh, I've had a, a strange week. Um, I've had a couple of days off work. Whoa, um, I've, steady. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I've uh, swapped the keyboard in Kimber House for a paintbrush and a ladder. Um, but I have managed to get the bonnet open on my MGB. Very good. Excellent. Because uh, those of you who listened to this problem that Adam had on a couple of episodes ago now, uh, you, you, well, you had a bit of an afternoon, didn't you? You were trying to move the car and it wouldn't start. And then when you investigated why it wouldn't start, then the bonnet cable wasn't working either. But great to hear you've got it opened. So for those people that might have the same problem, how did you fix it? So I pulled on one end while Sarah wiggled the other. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to know about that, Adam. I'm talking about the MGB now. How did you get your bonnet open? Come on. So Sarah sat in the passenger seat of the car and pulled on the bonnet pull while I basically wiggled the, the front leading edge of the bonnet. Um, and we managed to get it to pop open. So clearly I've uh, I've got uh, probably a stretch bonnet cable. Um, so I'll be replacing that. But interestingly, um, it seems to have sprung a fuel leak. And one of the pipes that feeds the rear carb, so the one nearest the bulkhead, um, the, the pipe has gone sort of sort of odd and sort of like almost like bubbly. Um, so I don't know if that's an ethanol thing. I don't know if it's an age thing because they could well be the original fuel pipes. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's nice that the car's given me another job to do. Well, it's uh, nice that you've also given us that sort of insight into the life of the Slowmans at home. <laughs> I can just imagine it was like some kind of Benny Hill sketch when you two were on that car trying to get that bonnet open but uh, yeah <laughs> this is the thing isn't it we're seeing this a lot more now with um, fuel lines and as you mentioned I mean there is such a thing as a fuel line that gets old and the rubber perishes and it starts to leak but we are seeing it more and more often with the amount of ethanol content in fuel increasing and it's usually a problem if you've had hoses fitted to your car that have been there since the car was new. So they like might date back to the 1970s or whatever. Um, an update that we did publish on the website, you can go and read this right now at mgcc.co.uk, was an update on some of the work that the FBHVC have been doing ahead of E10 arriving. And it looks like it is going to arrive probably as early as autumn this year. Um, and they have got the all-party parliamentary historic vehicles group, that's a group of politicians within government that cross all parties, um, to question um, government on uh, making sure that the protection grade, which is basically the fuel that's limited to 5% and no more of ethanol content, uh, was put down in law that that was going to be permitted to continue on forecourts for at least another five years, 
whereupon they'll then review it to see how many people are actually buying it. I suspect after that period of five years, our fantastic and wonderful and innovative historic vehicle world of industries out there would have made all of these hoses that uh, ethanol doesn't touch and doesn't bother, and we probably won't need protection grade anymore. You know, it'll be a little bit like when lead was taken out of fuel, there was easy additives to uh, to add to your tank to make sure your car ran as it did before. I suspect that will be how we will deal with E10. It's obviously going to need time to ramp up to that level. So those five years should give us that time. So uh, really positive stuff. Good news story you can read now on mgcc.co.uk on the news section there. It's uh, the story entitled e10 fuels update and you can find out all the latest there you can also read the story uh, that this week mg was named the best value brand according to auto trader which was a really nice little accolade for mg to have and in particular they were named and marked out as being uh, a great brand for overall value but in particular with the all-electric mg zsev that adam you and i we test drove one of those very, very early on, and we said even back then that that car was pivotal in the history of the electric vehicle. MG are breaking new ground here because at last there's a well-equipped, good quality electric vehicle that mere mortals like you and I might be able to afford <laughs> if you're not in the sort of Tesla whopping money uh, price brackets. It's actually an affordable new electric car, which is what the market needed, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, MG since uh, since two thousand and eleven, they've they've pushed this this value message of getting you know more for your money, um, and the ZSEV really sort of exemplifies that because, like you say, electric vehicles. We're all being encouraged to to look at electric vehicles. You know, we've all seen the the campaigns on TV that talk about the electric car. And we're all being pushed towards switching towards electric vehicles, but really and truly, there's there's been nothing affordable. Um, up until the ZSEV and it does hit that sweet spot because everyone wants crossovers and SUVs at the moment um, and when you combine that with the EV powertrain and a car that is considerably um, less expensive than its sort of similar class rivals from Kia and Hyundai um, it you know it's no surprise that that MG have been sort of picked up on and, and won this award so yeah really encouraging stuff and great to see some real nice heritage british brands picking up awards also jaguar came away with a great award for their innovations uh, with their electric vehicles as well and they were praised for having the best technology in the car market at the moment so a really good thing for another british brand so we're doing well according to the 181,000 car owners that contributed to the fourth annual Auto Trader New Car Awards that was held earlier on this month. Also in the news, Adam, something that's very, very close to the MG Car Club, and that is news on how the NEC Classic Motor Show, that of course always ends the season for us at the National Exhibition Centre in Birmingham every November, is going to run under the COVID-19 restrictions. And we've been waiting with bated breath to see just how they were going to cope with this uh what we must say at this point is this is all sort of still a bit up in the air because as we sit here today speaking in the middle of july actually government haven't given the green light for events to go ahead uh, we're still limited to this 30 people must not be in anywhere near each other kind of stuff you can read all the guidance by the way at mgcc.co.uk uh, but events can't happen yet but 
events companies like Clarion Events, who run the NEC, are preparing themselves. It's going to be the NEC show, Jim, but not as you know it. <laughs> yeah, it's looking very different, isn't it? Um, I mean, we you say that it's the traditional sort of end of the season. I wasn't aware the show season had even started, to be honest. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, the the guidance is certainly interesting. Um, but like you say, it's going to look like a very different show um, in, in so many ways. Well, it came out in Classic Car Weekly first. They got the exclusive on this and they listed 10 ways that the show would look different this year than previous years. Uh, catering will be done on a grab-and-go basis with card payments encouraged. So gone are the cafes that usually line the NEC exhibition halls there. Uh, visitors are going to be asked to undergo mandatory temperature checks with isolation rooms available for anyone with COVID-19 symptoms. So you're going to have to have the old... I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, Adam, they're not going to stop you like the baggage inspectors normally do, and they're not going to like your mum used to when you were like eight put a thermometer under your tongue i'm sure that's not how it works i'm sure they've got technology for this <laughs> um, so i think it's one of them like uh them guns that you use f- to test various temperature spots on your engine it'll be one of them so you're not going to have a, a thermometer put underneath your tongue and a wet flannel on your forehead or anything but yeah everyone who comes <laughs> through the door is going to have the temperature checked if anyone has any symptoms while they're at the show They're going to be isolated in special isolation rooms. And tickets will need to be booked in advance. And tickets go on sale very, very soon. They'll all be on sale by the end of July. Hand sanitizers at all the entrances and on all of the club stands. Club stands will have fewer cars spaced out more widely with less people on the stands as well. And they're changing the show's floor plan. Anyone who's ever been there on a Saturday will know how crowded it can get but they're going to change the floor plan so that people can walk much further apart with one-way systems in place and all that kind of stuff. Exhibitors will be asked to clean their stands at the beginning and end of each show day to minimise infection. Stands are going to be spaced further apart to encourage social distancing. The shuttle buses are going to be running lower capacities and visitors are going to be encouraged to wear face masks whenever possible. And they're going to have this kind of strange system where groups of attendees are going to be in kind of pods and you're going to be admitted to certain halls at certain times so that there isn't such a cross-contamination if I can put it that way of people from hall to hall and within bigger groups so fair play to to Clarion the the event organizers for being so thorough because the first thing that sort of jumps out at me is that they do seem to have thought of every possible eventuality that would come out of a show like the the NEC well the business depends on it doesn't it it does, it does. Um, but I just, it's a hell of a logistical undertaking. Um, you know, the NEC is, is for me, is is my second favourite event in, in the calendar uh, after MG Live because it is such a good show. And just the sheer variety of cars, you get to see people that perhaps you haven't seen since the last NEC. Um, you know, you, you end up at any of the hotels and, you know, the guys from Practical Classics are there or the guys from Classic Car Weekly or Classic Car Buyer. You know, you get to, you just get to catch up with everyone and it's a really nice social event. And that's before you get to see members who, you know, got their cars on display or members that come and visit you or new members you meet on the weekend. We'll we'll look at the situation very closely as the car club because it is, like I said, a big event for us and we, we want to be there, especially with it being the 90th anniversary of the club. These measures probably make it a little less fun 
And I think the most important thing for everyone probably to do is to not just say, well, it's not going to be fun, I won't go, but we need to make sure that these shows survive. We need to show them support and we need to attend, bite our lip a little bit, put up with it to make sure that these shows are still here when we come out the other end of this and make sure that our classic car community remains as accessible and as friendly as we all know it is um, by supporting these shows helping them get through you know we're all tempted to say i tell you what we probably won't do it this year because it sounds a bit hard work but if we all say that there won't be shows in the future when things get back to normal that's my biggest fear so yeah it's going to be difficult but i shall be there supporting yeah i mean i i totally agree with you and it's you know it is a it's an opportunity for clubs of all shapes and sizes to to get in front of of their prospective members you know let's be honest every club that exists from the biggest clubs in the world to the smallest clubs in the world they all need the the benefit of income from membership of selling merchandise and you know the nec um is a is a massive opportunity for all those clubs um to do that you know and if we lose these events uh, it's going to be very very hard to bring them back there we are that's the news on the nec classic motor show that event taking place on the 13th to the 15th of november 2020 tickets on sale very soon don't forget if you're an mg car club member you get a discount on your tickets don't just go and book it use your mg car club discount it will be appearing in the newsletter uh, that goes out every weekend on your email and it'll also be appearing in the members area of the website mgcc.co.uk and in safety fast the best mg magazine in the world now i want to talk adam about mgfs just briefly because of course as regular listeners to this podcast will know it is the 25th anniversary of the mgf this year as a car person i am obsessed with scrolling through social media hunting through the back pages of magazines and generally just looking on ebay when i've got two seconds on my phone at what's for sale basically well an advert sort of just popped up in my newsfeed when i was looking at the mg car club facebook page which is full of great content by the way ladies and gentlemen do check it out and i think this just for me summed up what a brilliant car the mgf is this is an advert on the facebook marketplace for an mgf that's for sale in peterborough okay east midlands easy to get to it's an mgf abingdon so very sought after they had some extra trim packs yeah they had the nice wooden dash and all that kind of stuff alloy wheels leather seats car has comprehensive history with proof of head gasket around sixty-five thousand miles that was only ten thousand odd miles ago the car has been maintained since i've owned it by rough luck racing so it's wanted for nothing since i've owned the car it's had new calipers all round wheels refurb toyo tires remedial paintwork but 80 percent of the car has its original paint panels are straight there's a small ding in the near side rear wheel arch but we don't worry about that a new carpet to the interior a new cam belt service water pump stainless pipes replacement coolant suspension's been pumped up to the correct height new braided brake hoses fitted and the car has a new hood that isn't fitted but it's still in all the packaging it's ready to rock and roll and a spare roof as well with it that goes with the car and it's that lovely sort of dark 
British Racing Green, for want of a different name. What I can see of the car, apart from its particular shade of green, is that it is gorgeous. It's stunning. You can see it's been cherished and well looked after. And here's the thing. This is why everyone listening, you need an MGF in your life. This is why we need to tell everyone about the MGFs and about the MG Car Club. That car, despite the fact it's a top-of-the-range Abingdon, despite the fact it's had all that work done to it, guess how much he wants for it? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me, mate. 1,500 quid. <laughs> that's, that's pennies. 1,500 uh... of your hard-earned <laughs> buys you an MGF that has had everything it needed and it looks the biz. Yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard to argue against that. I think you know it's long been um, known that the the F is is one of the best value sports cars that you can get. Um, but when you see something like that, you know it's easy to you can sit down and read a magazine feature, and it will tell you, you know you can go out and buy Car X for this much money, and you kind of look at it with a little bit of cynicism and slightly skeptical. But then you you read the 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 list of of work that that cars had done to it, and then you see the price at the bottom, um, and that really is proof that you know you really can get a fantastic quality F. For, for for beer money really that's not a lot of money at all is it we need to tell everyone about this because if anyone has the slightest inkling of getting into classic cars if someone has the slightest inkling that they want to own a sports car or access the lifestyle that goes with them and get into a classic car club that can open that lifestyle up like the mg car club can there's no cheaper better way of doing it than buying a 1500 quid mgf and hitting the road during the summer with the roof down safety fast magazine on the passenger seat flick through it book yourself a holiday to europe on one of our tours bang you're laughing what a life for 1500 yeah. quid um, you yeah. know it's just amazing I, you can't go wrong it's just amazing. you can't go wrong i mean the the days of the cheap mgb and cheap mg midget are long long gone um but if you pick up a car like that now for 1500 quid it's it, you're never gonna you're never gonna sell it for for less than fifteen hundred quid. You know they are, you know it is the last convertible MG. You know as things stand at the moment. Um, so yeah, why would you not at fifteen hundred quid? You know I think I might uh, I think I might have to beat you to Peterborough and go and pick it up. It maybe. looks sexy as hell. I'm telling you, you need it in your life. That car. It's almost like you know it's just begging for a new home. So that advert popped out to me and it just made me realise that the MGF. What a fantastic car, a brilliant way into classic car ownership and a brilliant way to enjoy a real great lifestyle with a sports car and a great car club in your life. And also the MGF, absolutely an ideal car to take on track days. They handle amazingly, mid-engined, all that kind of stuff. So if you fancy learning about how you can give a track day a try, the MG Car Club is the place to come. And we'll be finding out all you need to know about track days from Nigel Silman from MG's On Track next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Now 
the MG Car Club podcast, we're going to be talking about track days. We've already heard about the circuit racing that the MG Car Club uh, puts on with the various championship sections throughout the year. We've also talked about hill climbing and sprinting over the last couple of episodes here on the podcast. But now, probably the most accessible form of motorsport, track days and how you can get on them, how you can build your confidence and drive your car as safe as possible on the limit. And here to tell us how to do that is Nigel Silman, who runs MGs on track. Welcome to the podcast, Nigel. Thank you, Wayne. Brilliant to be here. And thank you for the invitation to come and chat with you. Before we get into the track days, let's just have a quick chat about you. Uh, Tell us how you got into MGs and how this job began for you, basically. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I I guess I'm, uh, you know, a, a typical child of the sort of late 50s, early 60s that grew up with MGBs, I think, are the classic car that were around the whole time. And, uh, you know, I, I think where I really, really started was hearing MGBs drive by and that distinctive exhaust note that you get from a B. And then when I went to university, one of my uh, biochemistry lecturers, because I'm a scientist by background, um, had uh, an MG midget, which was on a W plate in 1979-80 at that time. And I looked at it and uh, with huge amounts of envy as a very impecunious student. And I just thought, well, you know, one day, one day, uh, that's where I want to be. And uh, I think that's what got me into MGs. And, um, you know, obviously a few years down the line, um, I I bought my, my very first mg of my own which was a, a modern tf um, which i still own to this day and uh, now i've actually finally got that midget as well which is a restoration project sat in my garage which has been four years almost to the day uh, in restoration and is now actually going into its final sort of paint uh, job at the moment so it's getting well on it's actually on four wheels for the first time in 35 years so i'm really really kind of pleased to be able to sort of uh, get it back to that stage as well so uh, that, that that's how i got into mgs and what what kind of brought me back to the uh, or into the mark we all know that the mg is the great british sports car and very versatile and of course has a history and a dna in motorsport which is really fun to explore with your road car, actually, the DNA is still in there. You don't have to go to the great expense of stripping your car out to get that performance feel. So that's what track days are all about. That's what they give you the access to. Nigel, how did you start doing track days in the first place? Well, I sort of found my way to to MGs on track, which are a branch of the MG Car Club. Um, And I found my way to them um, not long after I joined the MG Car Club. um, And... I kind of found them a bit by accident, really. Uh, I was browsing around and, you know, in a Google search, MGs on track popped up and I had a look at the website and went, oh, that's kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about track days, but uh, with my my TF, I sort of wanted to explore its performance a bit more than you can obviously do on the road. And um, I noticed with MGs on track at that time, uh, which was roughly 2008, 2009, um, and we still do them, uh, by the way, uh, they ran something called an activity day at Northwield Aerodrome, which is right in that junction between the M11 and the M25 around sort of Harlow in Essex. So I signed up for uh, the activity day, and at that stage, my elder son also had an MG ZT190, and he signed up and brought his car along as well. And we sort of went the two of us together not really kind of knowing what to expect or what to get out of the day and 
the day kind of runs in in two halves in the morning they do something called uh, a fast bend and you basically drive along uh, a straight piece of the perimeter track because Northfield Aerodrome is an airfield. It's a big open space. There's nothing there at all. It's big open um, tarmac uh, pans where you can drive around without any risk of coming into contact with anything at all. And you do this fast bend and you go faster and faster and faster. And there's actually a, a, a sort of joint in the concrete that they say, imagine that's a wall and you've got to turn before you get to the wall and, and hold it together. And of course, at some point you actually give it too much and you end up spinning. And uh, as I say, there's nothing you're ever going to come into contact with. There's only ever one car moving at a time. And you finally spin, and I had the biggest grin on my face as I sort of pirouetted around out of this corner. And uh, I just thought, wow, you know, okay, this is really something. Now, I'm really glad this happened here on an aerodrome and not maybe on the road where uh, I'd been giving it a, a bit too much right foot. And uh, I, I start, started to learn the, the, the feel as the car started to break away under too much sort of uh, power on. And classically with rear-wheel drive cars, and lots of our MG Car Club members will know this, the thing you have to learn about is lift-off oversteer. You think you're going too quickly, you lift off and the back end steps out, whereas actually training yourself almost to, to actually keep some power on and some power delivery to those rear wheels keeps you in line and, and allows the car to turn and it's those kind of things you learn at, at north Weald. and then as i said the the day is a, a clearly a day of two halves in the afternoon they lay out some cones and you drive around the cones in you know a slalom or a mini kind of almost auto test style but it's against the clock and they're enters an element of competition into the afternoon all good-natured fun one car moving at a time and you go around and see how quickly you can get around these cones and of course uh, you know it becomes quite sort of gently competitive but in a really fun way and, and that's that's kind of how i got into mg's on track in the first place having done this day which was by the way it was a very cold february uh, saturday and uh, uh, nowadays we run the north wheeled event in the middle of uh in the middle of june but certainly in the middle of summer always so it's a much nicer warmer day um, and the thing that really struck me was the whole social side of getting together with like-minded people to go out and have a sort of fun time with the car um, and after that actually the first circuit i ever drove for real was at silverstone and i did a silverstone evening which we're not we're not currently running Silverstone evenings. I think Silverstone Circuit has stopped doing those. But I went up to the Silverstone evening and drove around the Silverstone Circuit. And that was what got me into track days, having done Northwield and then Silverstone. I thought, wow, this is, you know, I, actually, you get bitten by the bug. And that, that, that's what captured me. And uh, that's, as I say, kind of 11 or 12 years ago now. And uh, uh, the consequence of that, introduction was i'm now chairman of mg's on track and i'm i'm supported by a fantastic committee of like-minded people who all love going to track days um but i think the, the thing i would really emphasize about the track days that we run we're all mg owners we're all mg enthusiasts and we run them as really sociable days and i think the thing that that hope attracts uh, our members to come along and join us is the fact that we tend to meet up the night before because often we're at circuits away from uh, home so you can't get there 
you can't drive there and back in the same day. So we meet up, we post the hotels that we're going to stay in, we meet up for a meal and, a, and perhaps, a, you know, a, a beer or two the night before. And our, our events are really about a social event with some driving rather than a driving event with some, some, some social time built in. I think that's the way we like to sort of portray MGs on track, really. The activity day is an ideal way of getting into the track days, isn't it? In the way that you can just start to learn how the car feels when you've got it on the edge of grip, when you're driving on the limit, learning some of that what we call race craft and circuit craft and where to place the car and and if you do make a slight mistake how to get yourself out of it and it is all for fun this it is what we do for our hobby but actually there's quite a serious side to it in that it's a really useful learning experience for actually when you go back out on the road isn't it absolutely i think you know that's that's one of the really underestimated plus points of, of, of learning to drive your car on a circuit and um, you know the fact that I've experienced some spins at places like North Wheels uh, I've had some spins on circuits as well that will come as no surprise to our listeners and um, you push it a bit much you go into corners a bit quickly and uh, you know you, you end up losing the back end of it and the, the TF as anyone that has ever driven MGF or a TF will tell you um, mid-engine cars once you start to lose the back you, you really become a passenger um, but I think you know the great thing is that it teaches you how that feels and actually you start to to, to react a lot more quickly to that uh, when you're driving on a circuit and a, a great example a few years ago now actually coming back from a committee meeting at Kimber House I came off of a roundabout on a, a wet day where there was clearly a diesel spill on it. And as I came off the roundabout, the back end of the car stepped out. But because I was used to driving it on circuit, I'm used to the feel of the car as it starts to break away. I was into a bit of opposite lock, kept my foot, you know, uh, applying a bit of power and I drove out of it. Now, the guy that followed me didn't have back away a long way uh, afterwards. But the good news is, you know, I didn't come into contact with anything or anybody. I kept it on my side of the road and uh, ended up going in a straight line. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the real good examples of, of how circuit driving and learning to explore the limits of grip and control of your car really benefits you when you're driving on the, on the roads on an everyday basis. So I think a lot of people who are trying track days for the first time, especially in their cherished and beloved MG, probably find their first track day experience a little bit intimidating. And obviously that activity day where they get to try out the car and, and learn when they're the only vehicle on track is a really useful stepping stone into a full track day. But when they are ready for that full track day experience, talk us through a typical track day how it begins, what the process is, and what generally the format of the day is like. As MGs on track, we're slightly unusual in terms of uh, track day operators in that we run days which are inevitably sessioned all the time. You'll see a lot of the other track day operators will run open pit lane days. And the difference is in an open pit lane day, you basically queue up and you wait your turn and they allow the maximum number of cars out on the track that they allow at any one time. You take your turn, you go out and drive for as long as you like, which kind of sounds appealing. But you've got to understand that driving your car on track, everything will run a little bit hotter. You're using higher revs. You're using your brakes a lot harder than you would on the road. And so actually there is a limit to the amount of time you really want to spend out on the circuit. 
apart from anything else, the amount of concentration you have to give while you're circuit driving is so much higher than, than driving on uh, the, the normal roads. So we run days in sessions, which means we actually break down each hour into either three or four sessions, depending on the circuit we're at. And so you'll run for either 15 or 20 minutes maximum. And it gives us the opportunity to mix people of similar ability and similar power cars uh, in a session. So, for example, you're not, if you're a first timer, you're not in with people who have got very powerful V8 MGBs, which are incredibly quick, as we know, uh, sort of harassing you to overtake all the time. So you're in with people who are running at a similar speed and similar level of experience to yourself. So we find that's a format that works really well. So a typical day, if you're a first timer with MGs on track, we'll assign a buddy to you. So that's someone generally who sits on the committee, but often we use some of our longer standing members to buddy new uh, participants on our track days. And what that means is they'll make contact before the track day and say, look, you know, when you get to the circuit, look me out. This is my car. This is my registration number. Uh, I'll try and find you and I'll take you through the process of sign on. So sign on for a track day is much, much uh, more straightforward than perhaps, you know, signing off for a race series. It's simply signing uh, an indemnity to say that, uh, you know, you understand the risks involved because all forms of motorsport have a risk, of course, and understanding the rules and regulations that surround the track day. Uh, so we sign on, we issue wristbands to people to show that they've signed on. Um, we can, under normal circumstances, hire helmets. We're, un again, under normal circumstances, we'll offer uh, uh, instruction with a, 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 an ARDS qualified instructor. Basically, we take people through the, 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 the phase of signing on to the, to the track day Everybody, every participant then attends a briefing before they go out on the track. And then the first session of the day, uh, we inevitably run a sighting lap. So that means we run behind a pace car driven by the, uh, the chief instructor for the circuit who will gradually increase pace over three or four laps. And you follow behind, no overtaking, and you start to learn the lines uh, for each of the corners, but more importantly, you also understand where all of the marshal posts are, where the light signals are, where the flag signals are likely to be uh, posted if there is any sort of communication needed by the circuit to the drivers in that, in that particular session. Um, once you've got the sighting laps out of the way, you then go uh, into your next session and you're out on your own. Uh, one of the things that we really, really stress with all of our members is our etiquette, and that really involves uh, the overtaking protocol. So at every circuit, we only over, ever overtake on the side away from the pit exit. So that means if someone's pulling into the pits, you overtake on the side outside of them, whichever side that happens to be. We only ever overtake by consent. That means the car in front needs to wave the, the car behind past or indicate to show that they can pass. It's only ever on the straights and never in the braking zones or corners. And we really enforce the etiquette of driving on track really, really firmly because we know that everyone that brings their prized MG onto a circuit with us wants to drive it home at the end of the day. We all do. We're all MG owners and enthusiasts. We all want to go home in the same state that we arrived in the morning. And I'm really pleased to say that, that we 
almost never have any incident. In fact, I can't remember the last time we had an incident on the circuit uh, with anybody. So it's all about having a great time in a safe and secure environment where you know that there's not going to be any damage to your car. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the biggest fears that people have as first timers with us is, you know, will I damage my car? And the answer is absolutely not. You know, uh, we all want to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's, you know, one of our primary drivers here in ensuring that everyone has a safe, secure and really fun time with us. And, and obviously during the course of a day, we have an hour's break for lunch, uh, in the middle of the day because that also allows the marshals to have a, a break which they must have um, and again it's another social time you time to sort of chat to people about how you found it to chat with the instructors because they sit you know with us at lunch and you can say hey i'm having trouble with this particular corner can you just sort of talk me through how you would approach it and they'll do that um and you know chat as well to other participants that are there on the day and uh, more experienced people and ask them how you know what advice they have in terms of uh, approaching the corners about you know maybe you know well, i want to maybe spend a bit of money on my car and maybe upgrade the brakes a bit and what would you advise and so all of this expertise and experience is all out there and and part of our community as a as a, a, a bunch of enthusiasts who are really really keen on on track days and you know obviously in terms of spending money the best money that we advise you could ever spend is spending 20 quid on an instruction session with someone who's obviously a racing driver themselves as an instructor but can actually help you immensely get round the circuit a lot more quickly than you would have thought possible and it's great to see how many people get on track with relatively little expenditure uh, as you just mentioned there under normal circumstances covid is causing a bit of a problem for this at the moment but you can hire helmets when you get to track so you don't have to come with your own helmet there's no need for any big nomex suits or fia harnesses or any of that all you need to make sure is that your arms and legs are covered there's no bare skin on show so you can literally just come in your road car as you are hire a helmet for the day and get on track it's as easy as that but for those people that have never done any high-speed driving and are perhaps a little bit worried about their car, what are your top tips for preparing an MG for a track day? Yeah, so that's a good good question. So what, one of the first things I would say is if you're thinking about a track day or you're not sure whether it's for you, come along to one of our events. Um, there's absolutely no charge to turn up as, as a spectator. And come and find one of us on the committee. We turn up to all our track days wearing uh, very attractive black and orange gear with mgs on track emblazoned across the back come and have a passenger ride around with one of us uh, all of us would be really happy to take anyone around i've done it lots of times myself come and find out what it's like being on circuit in the first place and um, if you then move to the next stage and want to take your mg on track then the obvious thing is to check you really don't need to do very much to a standard road car to drive it around uh, a race circuit but the things that are important are making sure that your fluids levels are good so make sure that the oil levels are right make sure you've got coolant levels which are topped up and not uh, not losing any coolant or anything make sure your brake fluid is good uh, ideally you know change it because your brakes work quite hard on the circuit and again make sure that the uh, amount of uh, 
depth on the pads and shoes on your brakes are good because again you use your brakes quite hard you brake harder on a circuit than you ever would do on the road uh, and they work harder they get hotter and you you experience more wear so make sure those kind of three factors are all okay on your car beyond that you don't need to do anything and as you said when you don't need no mech suits you just need to have your arms and legs covered uh, and that's it so it's, it's a really a minimal expense way of getting on a circuit and i think we we really hope that the the amount of track time you get during a day in a typical uh day you'll probably get two and a half hours circuit driving time um on 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 the track which uh, you know represents we hope really good value for money the only uh, tip and advice I would add to that is make sure that you don't have any clutter in your car. It's amazing when you're cornering fast, when your confidence builds. That pair of sunglasses that you keep in the cubby box over there, you think that they're in, in there tight and secure, but all of a sudden they're coming at you in the face. You know, that's the, that's the one thing I would say. Get all the clutter <laughs> out of your car and get it all stowed away. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and in every briefing uh, uh, we've ever run, um, that is one of the key points that's emphasised. Make sure that, that, you know, you don't take the jack out of the boots so it's not <laughs> flying it. around. That's the one. There are a lot of companies out there now offering track day insurance, and I'm sure a lot of novices were probably quite worried about whether they're covered or not on track with their cars. What's your advice to people, whether they should take track day insurance out or not? What What do you generally advise people to do? I, th- I think, you know, um, certainly for your first few experiences on track, I think it's really advisable um, because it does give you that peace of mind that, you know, if anything does happen, if I do, you know, have an incident and end up sort of tapping the armco or something like that, then the car will be repaired, it's insured and it's covered. So, uh, you know, again, we, we work with a lot of the major insurers in terms of um, uh, negotiating sensibly priced track day cover for our members so we can point anyone towards uh, companies that are good to work with and will provide suitable cover for this kind of uh, activity well you can find out more about mgs on track via the website at www.mgs-on-track.com and nigel i guess you've just like everyone else in motorsport had to deal and evolve with all of the challenges that covid19 has thrust upon us what changes have you had to make and when are you likely to get back out on track for the rest of the year we just ran our very first track day on monday the 6th of july um the first one that we run since the beginning of March because of the lockdown. And the, the things that have really changed, of course, are we now can't have instructors in cars because you have to be from the same household to sit in a car together. So the instruction side of things has regrettably sort of gone at the moment, uh, which I think is a big loss. We obviously can't hire helmets at the moment. And typically on a lot of our days, we would have second drivers or passengers uh, along. And again, they um, you're not able to bring passengers or second drivers unless you live in the same house so i think those are the big big changes but having said that we're doing our best and having run our event at blighton park on monday the 6th of july our next event is at anglesey circuit in north wales on uh, monday the 10th of august that is all looking good to to go ahead and run 
uh, as planned at the moment, but with those restrictions obviously in place. And then the rest of our season, which is available on our website, is planned to go ahead as, as we originally envisaged at the beginning of the year, obviously, unless anything changes between now and then. It is a great way of getting out and enjoying your car, learning about your MG and just getting a good feel for it, how it behaves when you're driving it fast and on the limit and just getting a little bit more enjoyment out of your mg uh, thanks to the mg car club as you look back over your track day career what has been the best memory for you over the years oh gosh i i, I think you know the thing i love most about our track days is uh, probably not driving on the circuits i i do love that but i what i really love is getting together with like-minded people the night before, you know, we, we don't stay in uh, particularly great hotels. You know, we, we stick to the travel lodges and the premier inns because they're cheap and, you know, available. But we have a great get together and a good chat and a meal the night before. And actually, it, it, the, the whole mark of friendship that the MG uh, Car Club represents is really, really brought out in those sort of social so that social side of the, of our events so uh, i think we've had many many great evenings with a lot of really fantastic people uh, and, and that's i really been my highlight i think brilliant well go and join them enjoy your mg on track and find out about the next fixtures that you can book and get your mg out on a race circuit via mgs-on-track.com or send nigel silman an email via that website and i'm sure he'll be able to help you out with any advice or tips or questions that you might have nigel thanks for coming and joining us on the mg car club podcast my pleasure, Wayne. Thanks very much indeed for the invite. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. The MG Car Club Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk. Well, Adam, before we go for another episode of the MG Car Club podcast, uh, we must just have a quick look around the shop and see what new merchandise is in to buy. And I'm going to go straight in with one of mine. I've picked this out because, to be honest with you, the weather has been rubbish the last couple of weeks. It's hammering down with rain as i record this podcast at the moment now so i'm not going to be out driving or enjoying any of the sunshine or any of that stuff i'm going to be snugged up with a brew possibly something stronger watching mgb 50 a year to remember this is a dvd that you can buy from the mg car club shop right now and it's the most in-depth film about the mgb that's been ever made uh, it's got some great footage of a brilliant seminar in Abingdon. Uh, it's a film by our mate, John Lakey, and uh, John has worked on Top Gear and, you know, all sorts of different productions. So he knows what he's doing, putting together documentaries. And it's a fantastic mixture of seminars, stories, old footage, and really just encapsulates everything that's great about the MGB so and it's got our badge on the front cover as well so that's the main reason to buy it really it's just 15 quid and it's a really really good watch so uh, i recommend snuggling up under a duvet having a bit of a dvd weekend and watching mgb 50 a year to remember you can get it now on the mg car club shop what have you got there adam so i have got something that i found really useful in the garage which is an mg uh, wing protector cover um the my uh, my bgt actually has a little bit of a chip uh on the passenger side wing um which came about because i was silly enough not 
to cover the wings properly so uh yeah i got one of these they're really good um if you're leaning over the wing under the bonnet uh it's well worth investing in to protect the paintwork and don't get caught out like i did because i've got a lovely uh teardrop chip in the blaze orange paintwork on my front wing there so uh, yeah that would be my tip for this week and if you are working on your MGB uh, over the weekend or uh, just getting some of those jobs done while uh, events are quiet in the calendar during these crazy times and you are working a lot in the garage, getting a bit oily and greasy and all that stuff, uh, you will need some overalls. Luckily, we've got some really special ones. Yes, the MG Car Club 90th anniversary overalls are now in stock. We've been waiting for these for some time. They're here now and actually really well priced. They're only 30 quid. Um, I've paid a lot more for overalls than that in the past and they've got the MG Car Club 90th anniversary badge on them and they're in the MG Car Club green and basically you look the business in your garage getting on with stuff at home. It's true, it's true and I've seen these overalls modelled by none other than Mr Andy Knott. Uh, and I can confirm that you really do look rather spiffing in these overalls. So, uh, yeah, 30 quid. Another piece of 90th anniversary merch for your collection. So, uh, yeah, get them bought while you can. In fact, I think they are so cheap at 30 quid. I think Inneke might have made a mistake. So my tip is go and buy them now as soon as you hear this on the MG Car Club podcast before she realises that she's priced them wrongly and they double in price because I think they're <laughs> worth twice that. <laughs> Only the best quality for our inner, because she wouldn't be getting stuff in that was rubbish. So. Definitely, I think. I think uh, the word. I think Inica might be Dutch for quality. I don't. Yeah, you know, exactly. I've got no evidence of that, but um, <laughs> only from what I see in the shop. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It's all about quality with her, and they are. They're really. They're really heavyweight. They're really good, thick, proper overalls. So yeah. MG Car Club Shop. Uh, just go to the mgcc.co.uk website, click shop, or it's shop.mgcc.co.uk if you want to go there directly and just search in the search bar for 90th anniversary overalls, and you should find them. Uh, also, of course, we'll put a link to them in the next e newsletter that should be coming into your inboxes, or of course, you'll find them on social media as well. Loads of routes in, easy to buy. You just click a couple of buttons, pays your money, and they arrive on your doorstep better than amazon they are you wouldn't get stuff like that from amazon so there we are top merchandise from the mg car club this week and that i think adam is just about it from you and i we'll see you next week cheerio take care guys see you next week subscribe to receive new episodes of the mg car club podcast at mgpodcast.uk